Hello and welcome to another episode of Covenant and Conversation with me, Rabbi Sachs. In each new episode, we'll explore a Jewish idea from the Hebrew Bible based on the Torah reading of the week. Bahalotacha, Camp and Congregation. The Parsha of Balotacha speaks about the silver trumpets, clarions, Moses was commanded to make. The Lord spoke to Moshe, saying, Make two trumpets of silver, make them of hammered work. They shall serve you to summon the congregation, the Edah, and cause the camps, the Machanot, to journey. This apparently simple passage became a springboard for one of the most profound meditations of the late Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik. It appears in his great essay, called Dodido Fake, on the Jewish approach to suffering. There are, says Rabbi Soloveitchik, two ways in which people become a group, a community, a society, a nation. The first is when they face a common enemy. They band together for mutual protection. Like all animals who come together in herds or flocks to defend themselves against predators, we do this for our survival. Such a group is a machaner, a camp a defensive formation. There's another, quite different form of association. People can come together because they share a vision, an aspiration, a set of ideals. That's the meaning of Eda, congregation. Eda is related to the word aid, which means a witness. Edot are commands that testify to Jewish belief, as Shabbos testifies to creation, Pesach to the divine involvement in history and so on. An Eda is not a defensive formation, but a creative one. People join together to do what none could achieve alone. A true congregation is a society built around a shared project, a vision of the common good, an Eda. Rabbi Soloveitchik says these are not just two types of group, but in the most profound sense, two different ways of existing and relating to the world. A camp is brought into being by what happens to it from the outside. A congregation comes into existence by internal decision. The former is reactive, the latter is proactive. The first is a response to what's happened to the group in the past. The second represents what the group seeks to achieve in the future. Whereas camps exist even in the animal kingdom, congregations are uniquely human. They flow from the human ability to think, speak, communicate, envision a society different from any that has existed in the past, and to collaborate to bring it about. Jews are a people in both of these two quite different ways. Our ancestors became a machaner in Egypt, forged together by a crucible of slavery and suffering. They were different. They weren't Egyptians. They were Hebrews, a word which probably means on the other side, an outsider. Ever since, Jews have known that we are thrown together by circumstance. We share a history, all too often written in tears. Rabbi Soloveitchik calls this the covenant of fate, Brit Goral. This is not a purely negative phenomenon. It gives rise to a powerful sense that we are part of a single story, that what we have in common is stronger than the things that separate us. 
Our fate, he writes, doesn't distinguish between rich and poor or between the pietist and the assimilationist. Even though we speak a plethora of languages, even though we are inhabitants of different lands, we still share the same fate. If the Jew in the hovel is beaten, then the security of the Jew in the palace is endangered. Do not think that you of all the Jews will escape your life by being in the king's palace, says Mordechai to Esther. In other words, rich and powerful or poor and powerless, we all are subject to the same fate. Our shared community's fate leads also to a sense of shared suffering. When we pray for a, the recovery of a sick person, we do so among all the sick of Israel. When we comfort a mourner, we do so among all the other mourners of Zion and Jerusalem. We weep together, we celebrate together. And this in turn leads to shared responsibility. Kol Yisrael arevin All Israel are sureties for one another. And this leads to collective action in the field of welfare, charity, and deeds of loving kindness. As Maimonides puts it, all Israelites are like brothers. As it is said, you are children of the Lord your God. If brother shows no compassion to brother, who will? All these are dimensions of the covenant of fate born in the experience of slavery in Egypt. But there's an additional element of Jewish identity. Soloveitchik calls this the covenant of destiny, Brit Yehud, entered into at Mount Sinai. This defines the people of Israel not as the object of persecution, but as the subject of a unique vocation to become a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Under this covenant, we became defined not by what others do to us, but by the task we have undertaken the role we have chosen to play in history. In Egypt, we didn't choose to become slaves. That was a fate thrust upon us by someone else. But we did choose to become God's people at Sinai <clears throat> when we said we will do and obey. Destiny, call, vocation, purpose, task. These create not a machana, but an eda, Not a camp, but a congregation. Our task as a people of destiny is to bear witness to the presence of God through the way we lead our lives and the path we chart as a people across the centuries. Now, this gives Jewish identity a strange dual character. Nations are usually forged through long historical experience, through what happens to them, rather than what they consciously set themselves to do. They fall into the category of a machaneh, that's nations, Religions, on the other hand, are defined in terms of beliefs and a sense of mission. Each is constituted as an Eidah. What is unique about Judaism is the way it brings together these separate but quite distinct ideas. Think about this. There are nations that contain many religions. And there are religions that are spread over many nations. But only in the case of Judaism do religion and nation coincide. This has had remarkable consequences. For almost 2,000 years, Jews were scattered throughout the world, yet they saw themselves and were seen by others as a nation, the world's first global nation. It was a nation held together not by geographical proximity or any of the other normal accompaniments of nationhood. Jews didn't speak the same vernacular, Rashi spoke French, Maimonides Arabic, Rashi lived in a Christian culture, Maimonides in a Muslim one, nor was their fate the same. 
While the Jews of Spain were enjoying their golden age, the Jews of Northern Europe were being massacred in the Crusades. In the 15th century, when the Jews of Spain were being persecuted and expelled, those of Poland were enjoying a rare spring of tolerance. What held Jews together during these centuries was shared faith. In the trauma that accompanied the European emancipation and the subsequent rise of racial anti-Semitism, many Jews lost that faith. Yet the events of the past century, persecution, pogroms and the Holocaust, followed by the birth of the State of Israel and the constant fight to survive against war and terror, tended to bind Jews together in a covenant of fate in the face of the hostility of the world. So when Jews were divided by fate, they were united by faith. And when they were divided by faith, they were united by fate. Such is the irony or the providential nature of Jewish history. Judaism in the past two centuries has fissured and fractured into different edot, orthodox and reform, religious and secular, and the many subdivisions that continue to atomize Jewish life into non-communicating sects and subcultures. Yet in times of crisis, we are still capable of heeding the call of collective responsibility, knowing as we do, that Jewish fate tends to be indivisible. No Jew, to paraphrase John Donne, is an island entire of him or herself. We're joined by the gossamer strands of collective memory, and these can sometimes lead us back to a sense of shared destiny. That duality was given its first expression this week in Bahalotucha, with the command to make two trumpets of silver to make them of hammered work, and they shall serve you to summon the congregation, the Eida, and cause the camps, the Machanot, to journey. Sometimes the clarion call speaks to our sense of faith, where God's people, his emissaries and ambassadors, charged with making his presence real in the world. At other times, the trumpet that sounds and summons us is the call of Jewish fate, Jewish lives endangered in Israel or in the diaspora, by the unremitting hostility of those who call themselves children of Abraham and yet claim that they, not we, are his true heirs. Whichever sound the silver instruments make, they call on that duality that makes Jews and Judaism inseparable. However deep the divisions between us, we remain one family in fate and faith. When the trumpet sounds, it sounds for us. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. You can download a written version of my commentary and explore all my additional content by visiting www.rabbisax.org. This year, we also have an accompanying family edition of Covenant and Conversation aimed at connecting children and teenagers with these ideas and thoughts. For a family edition discussion sheet on this week's parasha, please go to www.rabbisax.org slash cc family edition.